Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of They Didn't Tell You Podcast. I am your host, Tiffany. Welcome, welcome, welcome back for another week. Um, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope you got to eat like a king and a queen. I personally ate like both. Um, no regrets whatsoever. I plan on eating another plate of food again tomorrow, tomorrow being Saturday. So, um, yeah, I love it's something about the yams. The macaroni, cheese, stuffing, and collard greens. It's something about when all those things, when all those things are on the same plate and they just make magic. <laughs> they make magic. So the food was good. Thanks, mom. Um, before we get into the episode, please, if you have a moment, subscribe to my podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you can rate and um rate and leave a comment on my podcast on apple podcast please and thank you feel free to share repost comment on my instagram page send me some your thoughts on how you feel about each and every episode um i like to hear back from you get your feedback all of that and is that my announcements are those my only announcements for this week let me think yeah that's it So this week, I want to talk about happiness. I I feel like uh, ain't nobody really, no one, yeah, no one really sat me down and really talked to me about what it takes to be happy, how your happiness is affected, who it can be affected by, and who's most in control of your happiness. It wasn't until you get older that you read stuff, you hear things on TV like, you control your happiness. Um, someone should, you know, no one else should make me make you happier than you make you yourself happy. And all this stuff about just how happiness is so uh, solely focused on you and is up to you. But yet again, information, great advice, great information and advice, I should say. But yet no context on what it takes to be happy, what it looks like to be happy and how to actually get there Um, and who or what to eliminate or what school of thought to eliminate in order to achieve said quote unquote happiness. So my girl Carla, hey sis, she sent me a video where these two black women were talking. One was a therapist and she was on the phone and the other was sitting in her kitchen and she was talking to her therapist about love and happiness and what it takes. And her therapist said something that really stuck out to me. And it's the percentage of the percentage of your happiness that's affected by how other people treat you. And I don't know, tell me if you've heard of this before, because I never heard of this before. But that number is 10%. Now, it's not that I didn't believe this, but I just had to read more information up on it. Because if I'm going to come here and talk to y'all about something, I have to, you know, look it up to see What am I going to say? Is it valid? Like, where else can I find this information? Is it tangible? Um, If am I able to put my finger um, on it? And I was. And, you know, while they didn't go break it a little more down the way this therapist did, because she also said, you know, 50% is affected by our DNA. And then 40% is really internal um, or inner dialogue. So, I liked how she broke it down. It it actually made much more sense to me. But 
what made me, what stuck, I said, what stuck out to me was that, that 10%. And I feel like, uh, I personally speaking, I have allowed other people or it felt like I was allowing other people to affect my happiness, um, at a percentage much higher than 10%. If you would have told me how much, you know, percent do I want people to affect my happiness? I will, you know, we would say zero. Or if you would have asked me before hearing this, how much, what, what that number was, um, what did I think the number would be? As much as I want it to be something, what do I think it is? I personally would have put a little higher than 10%. I might've even put 20 or 25%. Um, because I feel like people are always oftentimes so bothered by what other people do. And while most times it won't affect their happiness. They just may be annoyed by something. It affects your mood. And so for me, I think what's important for this conversation today is not just about how to take control of your happiness, but kind of take control over um, how you're affected by other people, what they do, what they say, how they live their lives. Like I'm not worried about how anybody else is living their lives. I'm not worried about it at all. Um, And hearing this statement, hearing her talk, it just kind of confirmed to me um, a phrase that we often hear all the time is that you make your own happiness, right? I can think about a time when I was younger, I think many of us can too, when we were just trying to fit in, when we were trying to make friends, but sometimes oftentimes pretending to be somebody that we're not just so that we can be happy when we leave our home. So that when we're going into school, because school can tend to be a place that creates a lot of anxiety for people, especially when it comes with trying to fit in with the right crowd or trying to make some friends so that if you're not in that quote unquote right crowd or a crowd, that you got you got your little bubble, you got your crew of people. Um, and I, I think back to how often I used to how often I allowed what I thought other people thought of me, how other people viewed me. And this is when you're a kid, right? Some people still struggle with this to this day, you know, and it's unfortunate, but some of us still struggle with it to this day. And we like to say, you know, I'm unbothered. I'm unbothered. But would you really be bothered as fuck? Like, I don't even like saying I'm unbothered unless I'm really actually a hundred percent unbothered because if something still grinds my gears. If something makes me look at somebody like, "Mm, I don't know about, I'm bothered. I'm bothered. So I I like to label things as they, as they are. And I do not like to lie to myself, but going back, right. I, I growing up and trying to figure out what makes me happy. When I really sit back and think about that type of like she said, internal dialogue I have with myself, the inner dialogue I have with myself. A lot of things that make me happy or would have made me happy had to do with me. Um, putting my mental health first made me happy. Putting my physical health first made me happy. Um, being more honest with myself, my family, my friends, my significant other made me really happy. But those are all things that I had to do. Me personally, none of the things I mentioned was really dictated by um, a lot of it wasn't dictated by anybody. Now, sure. Let me say, for example, 
if my trainer canceled the session and um and she couldn't make it or for whatever reason I couldn't make it to a session um but still had the time to work out I could allow the fact that the session is canceled to make me feel a little bit derailed or like a little bit unhappy because I'm the type of person when I work out I need motivation I need external influences I need my trainers why I've been working out with the same woman hey Chris love you girl I've been working out with her for five years because I know what I need um and so I've told myself if being physically fit is what makes me happy I can't be upset or get too unhappy when my trainer doesn't make a session or I can't make a session because at the end of the day, I can still go work out, right? So I have just have to be more mindful of like where I place my energy and being very careful about choosing whether or not I'm happy or not about something. I can be disappointed choosing the right words. Is being is is very big for me too. So I've been trying to do that in my mind of this is not more so Tiffany has to do with your happiness. It just has to do with whether or not you can get this done in in an X amount of time, or can you fit this in, or can you be motivated? That's what this is about. So I'm saying all that to say this, right? If ninety percent of my happiness comes wholeheartedly. Uh, and completely from me, and that 40% is my inner dialogue, and that 50%, not sure if I mentioned it yet, but that 50% is what we're born with. That's what um, is ingrained in our DNA, right? So if I have half of me, and this is what I kind of thought and took away from this woman, this therapist saying it, if half of me, half of my happiness is sort of in a way outside of my control because if it's it's, if it's within my dna i inherited it genetically speaking so some things i am going to have to work harder to to do so for example my mental health um she made me realize that if i so choose to have kids one day okay if i do that any anxiety I've ever felt, this depression I've ever felt, anything that I'm really going through, traumatic, anything traumatic I've ever experienced, I can pass it down to my children or child. And if that's not what I want to do, what am I going to do right now knowing that this is something I can pass down to them? What am I going to do to make a change? It's, it's, like, it's exactly why I'm in therapy because um, I don't want to I don't want my kids to suffer for something that I I could have fixed, that I can fix. I am fixing. And so as much as I said, I've been working out with my trainer for five years, I'm going to be working, working out my mental with my, my therapist for as long as she'll have me, as long as she's in this therapy game. So knowing that, um, that 40%, I want to go back to that real quick is my inner dialogue. I kind of feel like my podcast is my inner dialogue because I would have this conversation that I'm having with you by myself. I've done it all. I do it all the time. I said it's the reason, one of the reasons why my podcast exists because I got tired of talking about it on my own and I wanted to hear from other people. So um, I know you'll probably get tired of hearing me saying this. And if you've been listening to my podcast for some time, you've heard me say this on several occasions. But my favorite thing to tell people is that for the most part, you know, not everything, but for the most part, 
what we experience, how we experience, how we heal, deal, all that stuff with it, it starts and ends with us. It is up to me. It's not up to anybody else to help me decipher, figure out why you did this or why why I felt why did I feel some kind of way about it. It's up to me to know if this is how you move, am I going to let what you do affect me? Am I, am I going to let it bother me? Am I going to let it shift and alter my day? Am I going to let um, information that I receive about something someone has said uh, about me or about a situation that um, that I may be, I just, it's too much. It's too much. And so in a way, before even knowing about this 10% um, that, that attributes to my happiness, I kind of was already moving in a way of, of like 5%. I, I kind of want to get to the point where I'm like minimally bothered by some people um, and the ex- those external factors. But when I even think about that 10%, there's certain people I like to include in that 10%, mostly close family, mostly close friends. And then, you know, you got other things like politics, politicians, things like that. Um, I'm even thinking about lives we've lost due to police brutality, police sanctioned murders, um, a murder sanctioned by the police, I should say. I think about those things that does affect my happiness, but it's a small portion of it because how I, how I deal with it, that, what that type of information is on me, how I sit with it and how I go about my life every day from that point going forward is really up to me. Do I want to choose that? What's the 10%? Do I want to choose that to let that 10% um, take up my 40% of my inner, inner dialogue? Do I want to give that any, any more weight than what it already has? It's small for a reason because other people, not that they're not significant, of course they're significant, but not in regards to your happiness. You're significant in regards to your happiness. Because it's your mind, it's your heart, it's your emotions, it's you that's sitting here that's going to have to decide whether or not you want to be around X, Y, and Z. If you want to be in this particular environment. You know, sometimes it makes me think, like, I understand why people um, like to distance themselves from other people. It's just too much. People are a lot. And if you want to maintain your sanity... Sometimes you got to take a step back from people. And if you can't take a step back from being around a lot of people all the time, or if you tend to be a person that has like a lot of friends or surrounds themselves with a lot of different types of people with different personalities, you just have to be more in charge of your feelings. That's it. That's what I've, I've done. And I like to think I'm doing a good job at it. Someone can come and tell me, you know, I heard this, this, and that, a word. That's crazy. I don't, if I didn't have an emotion attached to it when, you know, when I heard it from the person the first time, it's not going to change when they tell me the rest of the story. It's not going to change when they bring it up again. It's not going to do anything for me because all I need to be concerned about really is me or the story that they're telling me doesn't have anything to do anything to directly do with my happiness or me personally. 
something that I would need to sit back and, and go connect with that 40% in a dialogue and kind of Tiffany, did you, or do, why am I, I'm not giving it too much weight. <laughs> if it ain't positive, I don't really want it. Not that I want to hear it, but I'm not going to internalize it. Um, but we do give a lot of power to external factors, external people. And I, I just like thinking doing so we kind of want to place the blame or place the burden of our lack or the, uh, the lack of happiness that we're feeling on other people. It's not anybody else's responsibility. And honestly, people can do something wrong or fucked up to you, but how you move from that it's not really on them either. That's just the action they did. They did something. You got a decision to make from that. So what are you going to decide to do? What I decide to do is try to practice what everybody like to be. Unbothered. Practice what everybody like to give. No fucks. You can't do that. You can't sit here and be a person who's completely unbothered or gives zero fucks if you give them a fuck about something. No one really gives zero fucks about anything we give a fuck about something but if i'm gonna give a fuck about it it needs to be worth it if it's not worth my time you will see me give no fucks about it and it may come across like uh, i don't care it may come across like um i'm being inconsiderate but i can't be worried about that i can't be worried about what you have going on with your internal dialogue about how i'm moving I can't, I can't, I can't do it. You can give me your opinion and I'll hear you out. But if I don't, if I'm not a, if I don't feel, appear to be moved enough to give you a reaction that you're looking for, that's something you got to take up with yourself. Don't take it up with me. I am who I am. This also kind of led into the conversation around the Grammys and this kind of, idea of what makes people happy too on different levels kind of came to mind. And I don't watch, if you know me, you know, I don't do award shows. So don't nobody ask me if I'm watching the Grammys. Don't nobody ask me if I'm watching, um, anybody's AMA awards. I don't really do any award show. And if I was ever going to break my neck to go out of my way to watch any, it would most likely be a BET or a soul train. If I were, um, but I stopped watching award shows off the strength of what that I felt like many of them were very biased and unfair, especially the ones that are um, predominantly Caucasian run. And we know, let me not go there. Let me stop. Let me just leave it at that, right? And so the argument from a lot of folks in the industry, musicians, um, specifically Black women, especially in the R&B category for, for Grammys, it was nothing but um, men in the category. And I believe Tiana Taylor said something and some white guy was like, well, this particular category is all women. There's no blah, 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 blah. And she says, stay out of black women's business. And I just felt that on so many levels. But what also made me think too, is a lot of these artists, I know they want to be recognized. I know they work really, really hard to put out this pop and music. And I know that they they make a lot of money from it, right? We put we stream their music, we do their TikTok dances. Y'all over here doing the body yadi 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 challenge. So like, it hits, right? 
if we're going to talk about this 10%, the Grammys are 10%. The body challenges are 10 like the body out challenges, like things like that. They're all is it's on a massive scale for them, but that's still 10%. But when they don't win these awards, when they don't get nominated, they get so bent up out of shape. And I'm not going to say not rightfully so. I understand. But this is why I just be so confused. Like, why y'all acting like this is brand new? This is why I stopped watching award shows. Because they've been, been, been doing this. And it's also why it frustrated me. And I stopped kind of watching all the award shows. Because I would see certain celebrities break their fucking necks to make it to the Grammys. But couldn't even bat an eye at the BET Awards. Um, could go all out for the AMAs. Um, but when it came down to the Soul Train Awards, it was like, who that? Or they put on the performance of their lives for the Oscars, but can't even perform for one. Like, it just be, y'all got to put your, your happiness into things that matter. So if the Grammys are what you believe are, is the epitome of success for you and your field, then you're, of course, you're going to put a lot of your chips in that one bag. Um, and if you don't get it, if you don't get recognized, whatever, it is going to alter how you feel. I don't want to say I think they're completely unhappy about it, unhappy people, but it makes them so unhappy that to, to sit here and see them get slighted, their faves get slighted, other people who in the industry who worked really hard get slighted. And, you know, I like to do a little research. So I even looked up Grammy nominations because I was just curious to see like, well, what are they talking about? How does this Grammy nomination process work? And seeing how the nomination process works and then seeing it somewhere in the middle, there's like this low key, high key kind of like electoral college situation going on here where you can have these people who are, who are nominated, but then these people right, right here are going to determine what you get, who you get to choose from. And it's like, but who are these people? What makes them qualified? Is this a diverse group? What is it? You know, it's, it's just weird. It's weird to me. So knowing that this is how the process works, why put your eggs all in that one basket? And then why even get continue to every single year support something that has been historically biased against you, against black art, against black creativity? Why continue to support it? Why continue to want to, to achieve? Why want a Grammy? Why want an Oscar? Why want a Tony? If all of these different predominantly run, white um, run platforms don't ever really look out for people of color, especially black people. Why? Why put any of, let these people um, affect any bit of your joy and happiness over the creativity that you have? And I salute the, the artists that don't submit work. Um, you don't submit it. You'll never be disappointed. I think Bruno Mars said that, um, which which I agree with. And I, and at first I was like, I don't understand why Sodi So didn't put the album up. Like, how could they not? I'm, that could have been a no brainer. And sometimes you look like, wow, wasn't Sodi So nominated? Because Sodi So said, I'm not doing it. I'm not playing these games. I'm protecting my peace and my happiness. And my peace and my happiness is not attributed to becoming a Grammy award winning, blah, 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 blah. So for me, it's like, if we feel like the BET awards, if you feel like the Soul Train awards are more equitable, 
you feel like you have a better chance there. You feel like um, your work will be considered, thought of, and strongly, strongly given the opportunity to stand on its own legs, on its own weight, um, on its own two feet then you wouldn't be feeling no kind of, I feel like what, what does the Grammys, the Grammy shouldn't even hold a candle to BET awards. Your be your, your Grammy should you be a BET award. You should become, instead of wanting to be Grammy nominated or Grammy award winning, it should be BET award winning, BET award nominated. It's why we created our own because we were not being seen. We were not visible. We were not accepted. Y'all could, black people couldn't even walk in the fucking room of some of these award shows that these artists are clamoring to be in attendance at. But I digress. I'm saying all that to say on every single level, y'all, we're all out here allow- allowing external factors to affect our happiness. And I don't like that. So allow me to kind of give you my two cents on this 50, 40, and 10%. Now, the 50% of your happiness being fully ingrained in you, in your DNAs, in your blood, is what's passed down to you, is what we are passing down to other people, um, to our children. Which is why I also be it's also making me think like I don't know why people be in such a rush to have kids. Or a rush to ask me about why I don't why I don't have kids yet. If you mean to say and tell me that half of what's going to make up my child's life, half of what my child is going to go through is is what was passed down to me. And then what I'm going to pass down to them, I got some shit to do. I got some things I need to work on. I got, I got some, some, some shifts to make because as I stand here now, I mean, if I got pregnant, it is what it is, but man, if I could, if I could fix some of the things, if I can, if I can give my child a better chance of being successful to not struggle with anxiety, to not struggle as much with any kind of mental health issue. I, I want to do all that I can. I want to do all that I can. So um, I asked, I say this to say, consider what your 50% is. Consider what you were born with. What did you always feel like you never had a choice? It just happened to you. It just existed for you. What was that? I know what some of it is for me, and I and it, it led me to wonder, Dan, was this passed down? Because as long as I can remember, I've always been like this. I've always felt this way. I've always felt, you know, whatever the case may be, a bit more sad than other people. Living in a happy home, it wasn't perfect, but I had a happy home. So what was it? It had to be something that I was born with. It has to be something genetic. It has to be something that is with was far outside of my control. I had no choice in the matter. Um, just like I be telling my mom, I ain't got, I ain't had no choice in being, I ain't asked to be here. So if I'm going to bring forth life into this world, if I'm going to bring a human being in this world that did not ask to be here, it's my responsibility to get that fifty percent of the control, the best to the best of my ability. So that whatever I'm passing down is the best of the best of the best, sir. Now, for that 40% in in our dialogue, um, and I've said it once, I think maybe this episode, I don't know what I've said this far, but I think I've said it. But if I didn't, I've said it in many episodes. I've said it once, I've said it twice, and I will continue to say it again, and it's therapy. 
It's therapy. You need, um, you cannot do it alone. You can't do it alone. And yes, your therapist can be a part of that 10% of external factors because they're trying to help guide you. But the tools that you get from them, the conversations that you have from them, this is where you take it back to that 40% inner dialogue. And you start having those conversations with yourself about what you've learned and what you can do and what you um, have the capacity to do. Right. Talking to yourself and coaching yourself on your own is only is only going to get you. But so far you need that's why that 10 percent is important. It's important about who um who that 10 percent is. So my therapist is a part of that 10 percent that affects my happiness. OK, talking to her and not talking to her affects my happiness and I know it and I own it. That's why I keep my appointments regular as often as I can, because without it, I feel a little bit like. Beside myself. And so I need her to help me and give me the tools so that I can do this shit by myself on my own. Right. So my my, my sessions with her don't have to be so frequent. Um, and for those who may be curious about how often I meet with my therapist, because some people have asked me offline, um, personally speaking, like how often I, meet, I do I meet with my therapist and I meet with her biweekly. Now, if I ever felt the need to meet with her weekly, she would do that. If I felt the need to meet with her every monthly, every three weeks, whatever, she'll do it. She's move, she'll move my sessions up. If I'm going through something, I'm like, sis, I need to talk to you like yesterday. What's the, like, how, how, how soon can we push this up? Because me and my internal dialogue, we going crazy and we need, we need your 10%. Because <laughs> I'm doing too much over here in this 40. Um... We need help unpacking these things. We even need help unpacking that 50%, that DNA part, the things that we inherited. We need help unpacking this full-on 90%, and a therapist is going to help you do that. At least I believe um, has helped me do that. And so on to that 10%, with, like I said before, those other people, places, and things, um, I think the most important thing for you to remember is that on the grand scale, on the, when you weighing this out, 10 and 9, 9 and 90, obviously one is, is, is much more than the other. Um, and it's important for you, to, for you to remember just that simple fact right there. 10% versus 90%. What, what was my uh, episode before this? Choosing your heart. Are you going to choose the heart of allowing 10% to feel like 90 or are you going to allow your 90 to be the 90 and stand on your 10 and stand on your 10 toes? What do you want to, what do you, what do you want it to be? And I have always, I'm, I have gotten to a place where I'm always going to choose me first. I don't have a reason to choose anybody else first. I have to choose me first and I encourage my friends to choose themselves first. I encourage my boyfriend to choose himself first because he's what's most important. And then when he's able and capable or my friends are able and capable of doing more, they will, but they can't do it if they're not putting themselves first. I don't even see like an option that makes sense that will require me not to put myself first. I mean, outside of having kids, even having kids, I still got to put myself first. If I'm not well, if I'm not feeling it, how am I ever going to, how can I pour back from an, how can I pour from an empty cup is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, you got to put yourself first. Um, 
and leave all those other external things, leave them where they at. All right, now we're at the end of the episode and we're on to the song of the week. Y'all know what it is. And so this week I particularly chose a song by my favorite R&B artist, Jasmine Sullivan. It's one of her new songs. Thank God my sis is back to making music. The song is called Pick Up Your Feelings. Now, y'all know I like to take a a song and its meaning and kind of twist it and turn it in ways that we can apply it into our lives and how I can apply it into my own life. And so in this particular song, she's talking about breaking up with a partner, someone she used to date and just reminding them like, you know, and this is a good saying too. You know how people say, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. I want it to hit you, but before it does, I'm gonna need you to take a look back right? Pick up all the things that you left behind, any memories. I don't need it. You can have it. Um, I have no, I have no need um, or warrant to keep them personally. And for me, this is, as I'm hearing the song, I was like, damn, this is all about regaining a sense of normalcy for myself. This is all about staying happy, being happy and understanding that it's okay to eliminate things that do not do that, especially if it's just within the 10%. Right. I don't have to be um, a willing participant. I don't have to sit here and allow anybody to do anything to me, treat me any old kind of way just off the strength of of being there with you. So as you pick up your feelings, I'm going to pick up mine. I'm going to get out of my bag and I'm going to keep moving forward. So um, let me see. Is there any, any other lyrics I like in this, this song that I. Yes. She says, um, I deserve so much more than you gave to me. Now I'm saving me. Come on. And I've made my peace so you can run the streets. You got to leave people to their own devices. You really, really do. And I'm big on leaving people to their own devices because I want to be left to mine. I can't control yours and you can't control me. So as I'm out here doing what needs to be done for myself, um, I'm letting you have free reign to go and do whatever it is you need to do. I made peace with the situation. I've made peace with what I've been through. I'm trying to make peace with a lot of different things. I'm saving myself. I'm choosing me. So it also makes me think of something when she's telling him, like, don't leave nothing behind, pick up all the pieces. It makes me think of something my mom tells me when I used to come home and visit. Um, she used to tell me, like, I don't want to know that you're here. I don't want to know that you're here. So I need you to make sure you pick up your shoes, pick up this. Like, don't leave nothing down here. Bring it to your room. When I walk in my living room, it, I want it to look like Tiffany is not home. And I promise I'm doing a, a, a much better job at that these, these days, especially now that I live home. Like, I'm trying. I really am. But that's how I'm looking at my happiness. That's how I'm looking at anything in my life that's not, that's leaving remnants and whatever of themselves and pieces. Take it with you. I want it to look like and feel like you were never here. Okay. And that's how I'm going to maintain my happiness. So thank y'all for tuning into this week's episodes as usual, per usual. And I know I appreciate the, those of you who appreciate me calling you real ones. And I like to do it every week when I remember, sometimes I forget, but it's because you are, and I want you to walk around in this world feeling like a real one. So, cause I do, <laughs> I really do. Uh, so tune in next week for another episode. There will be one next week. You can follow me on social media at Legally Black. The podcast is in Tell You Podcast. Um, this song will be on the season two playlist. Uh, that's it. 
Thanks for tuning in with me during the holiday weekend. I hope you enjoy the rest of it because it is beautiful outside, y'all. It's gorgeous. I'll talk to y'all later. Oh, 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 oh,